0: This episode is a continuation of a conversation with my therapist, Lisa. We discuss such topics as trauma, shame, and most importantly, how do we return to ourselves? How do we return to the parts of ourselves that we've abandoned, that we've exiled? And in returning to the parts of ourselves, we discover we are returning to the source of our healing, which is our own love. I don't figure this out, I'm going to die, I'm going to destroy my life, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose every, I already lost every relationship uh, pretty much other than my daughters and even those were pretty rocky at that point. But yeah, I really felt like this is my last ditch effort and so I came to you with some pretty uh, overwhelming sense of desperation. Describe to me or, or, you know, maybe unpack a little bit about what you were experienced, or you know how I showed up on that first phone call, and maybe what some of your thoughts were around that.
1: You were a bit um, stunned and disheveled. I, I will say, yeah. I mean, you, coming out of rehab is no, no joke. And I think there you were introduced to a lot of stuff that you had never even probably thought about, right? And your body was was without alcohol, so a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, and. Getting a client like you is just, it's a joy because you were, um, you were so defenseless and on your hand, you know, it was desperate for me. It's like, oh good. I don't have to, you know, bust this guy's walls down all over the place because he's, he's desperate. So I could access, I could, I could find you fairly easy and that for a therapist is really a lovely thing it's not the person who's in a lot of pain it's the person who's who who is still so defended that you you can't find that and you were not because you were scared yeah right and that's yeah. i mean that's just the way human beings work is that we have to get so scared before we will you know surrender
0: yeah we will yeah and it's an it's unfortunate. I was going to say it's unfortunate. I don't know if it is. I don't know if what it is. It just is what it is, right? It and, is what it is. Yeah. And for me, it did require a stripping down. I, I think one of the things that I felt and maybe even shared with you was that I felt like every string in my life had been cut that was holding me up right? All my little strings of an image or of alcohol or a relationship or, you know, faith, I mean, all those things, uh, you know, all of that was getting cut and redefined and stripped back down to its core, and I couldn't figure out any handles to hold on to anymore. And even though that's frightening, and even though that um, can scare the crap out of you, it is one of the beautiful gifts that life gives us if we'll connect with it. And so if you're you know, engaging with this episode and you're in that space where you're just like, I don't know what's happening with me. Everything seems to have been stripped away. Um, there is a gift in that. And if you can look for the gift and try to find that gift and the gift is you, uh, you are telling yourself that you're tired of trying to live all of that uh, life and that you, um, yeah you can come back to yourself you can return to who you are there is a returning process that life gives us as a gift by stripping away everything that we bolted onto us and i'd bolted so much onto me it was exhausting to carry it i bolted yeah. on the work the perfect this or that or whatever and couldn't couldn't sustain it anymore and so yeah so many people do no. that yeah
1: so. gets too heavy
0: it does get too heavy so and
1: it's no fun
0: yeah Mm-hmm. No.
1: I mean, it's just a lot of work, and it's just no fun. I mean, being on the other side of it, it's like, oh, my gosh, without all that stuff, yeah, it life can actually be fun and yeah. easy.
0: It can. It's a whole yeah. new world.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a whole new world. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way I found you.
0: Yeah. And th- thank God that you were recommended to me by a fantastic therapist there at Peaks. And so, you know, one thing that... Um, I think, happens. And, you know, and I want to take a little bit of a progression through the ideas of, you know, shame, um, awareness of shame, and then discovery of the sources of that, those messages, right? Um, I had no idea I was dealing with shame. I just knew that I hated myself. And I wouldn't even have articulated it that way, that I hated myself. I just didn't, like, ever feel comfortable in my own presence and i drank in order a part of my drinking was in order to tolerate being in my own presence it provided me escape from everything and an escape from me and you know as i use that as a survival tool um you took me on a journey to really help me understand what i was trying to manage with the drinking and Instead of managing the drinking, right? I detox, self-detoxed a number of times, dangerously self-detoxed, and then detoxed twice in rehab. And I just kept thinking that someday I'll be able to figure out how to manage my drinking or whatever the addiction is for the person. We just try to figure out how do I manage that? How do I keep that in my life so that it gives right. me some relief, but it doesn't get me out of control to where it's destroying my life? And that beautiful journey you took me on is let's not try to like manage that but let's figure out what that is helping you manage and mm-hmm. managing the pain the managing the voice the stories that you have and so in that journey what would you what would you say is some of the key things that helps a person get past that layer of um you know, unawareness, right? Like I wasn't aware that I had the shame. I minimized the heck out of my trauma, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But what do you think is kind of like the key thing that helps a person begin to awaken to the fact there's something that lies beneath? It's not all of this that you're dealing with. The symptoms are not the issue. Because I think there's a lot of people who are walking around going, I don't know, there's just something wrong with me and I don't like my life and things are bad and this or that. and I can't seem to manage relationships and I can't X, Y, or Z, because for me, it was very liberating to understand that there was a source of unhealed trauma that was being dealt with and managed in those ways. How do you move a person from what's wrong with me that I keep all this behavior to um, what happened to me and that realization that there's something that's going on below the surface?
1: I think it's that simple. I think it's about helping somebody recognize like starting to get curious Mm. about what happened to them.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think it's that simple of, I mean, that's what I was interested in because I knew, right. That that really was a symptom and that you had a whole history of somehow being separate from yourself Mm -hmm. and it had manifested in drinking and all these other ways that you creatively (laughs) managed that. (laughs) And so it was just, just about being curious as to what happened happen happened
0: to you. Yeah. I think it's just that simple. Hmm. Beautiful. But
1: nobody ever stops and asks that.
0: Right. No. You know? We're so busy trying to manage all the plates that we're spinning in order to, you know, manage the life that we're trying to create to separate us from ourselves. And once again, as those of you who are engaging in this podcast, I want you to continue to hear that message of that self-separation, Is that self-separation is painful, but it's also when that realization comes, it points you back to this beautiful source. And so I want to keep reiterating that because I think that's something that a lot of people uh, don't work with people to help them understand that, that you, you know, once again, pointing you back to you. But as you said, being curious in that space and what we're trying to to do is we just don't ever take the pause, right? Life then somehow forces us to take the pause. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I, I have a question for you because you have told me before that I was not what you expected and I was so different. And I want to know, well, what did you expect <laughs> and what was so different? What did you yeah. what did you think was going to happen?
0: Yeah, well, interesting. Um Maybe there's two things here, right? There could be the Jerry Henderson who went to therapy before who was looking for problems or looking for reasons why something wasn't going to work, et cetera. Um, and so it allowed me to see things that, you know, or, or didn't allow me to see certain things that maybe could have been a gift that were hiding behind my projections of why this wasn't going to work as a therapist or whatever. But the other side of that is that I had usually two experiences with therapists. One is I got the textbook. I'm going to define you. I'm going to put you in this label. I'm going to then prescribe you these four things. And then you're kind of like, well, I don't think that's really what's going on with me. Um, yeah, I can go to an AA group or yeah, I can, you know, do this thing that you're talking about or read this book, but I don't know. It just doesn't really feel like, um, that's what's happening. Now it could be that I didn't know what was happening, which is probably the case, but there was just this prescriptive approach that didn't allow for curiosity and didn't allow for customization, which um, just felt like I'm just getting a textbook label. The other thing that was interesting that would happen at times is somehow um, – I would be winding up in the counselor seat. And because of my former history as a pastor, and if I was seeing Christian counselors, all of a sudden they would begin to ask me about, well, what do you think about this? And I've got, you know, my husband does X, or, you know, my person that I, am you know, my son is, and I'm like, i'm trying to pay you to help me i'm not here to you know understand your issues that's fine but uh and so i had that happen on two occasions actually where i had to terminate the you know relationship because of that um but and then the other thing that had happened a couple times is they would forget that uh you know what you were really trying to work through at times and it would just become repetitive counseling sessions, repetitive therapy sessions, and it was almost like they had their script that they needed to execute in a therapy session, and uh, you were going to become uh, just the kind of the bystander in the in the um, you know therapy right. session and so and I want to encourage people who are you know watching or listening to this podcast that. Uh, if you've had experiences with therapy and I'll get, you know, uh, messages from people that like, I've tried therapy and it just hasn't worked for me. And, you know, it just gives this, you know, approach that just doesn't see me as a person. Well, I want to encourage you. There are therapists like Lisa who can really help in that space that it's not prescriptive. It takes a mindfulness approach. And that was one of the other things that you combine this beautiful work of mindfulness. And clinical psychology together, talk to us a little bit about your approach and I'm sure you've experienced other clinicians or, or, or folks in the mental health profession who do take that very scripted textbook approach but yeah, yeah. what what drew, drew you to that and, and talk to us about how you do that and why you do that
1: well i I think it's r- ridiculous to think that every person would like, I don't see therapy as, as a recipe that you apply to somebody. Mm. I see it as a relationship, right? Mm. That you are just getting really curious about that person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think of therapy for me, it feels like an art form. It doesn't feel like, like, like a science. It feels like which is why it's difficult for me to answer specific questions Mm. because it doesn't work like that in my head. Like, Mm. like it's not something that's like a script. It's super intuitive and it's based on the relationship because I'm a firm believer that if you don't have a strong relationship with the person um, for, you know, forget it. It just won't work because your psyche won't trust me. And if your psyche doesn't trust me, then we can't go where we need to go. So that's my main goal is, you know, in the first session is for us to figure out if we have a connection.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. If you felt like I got it, like I I understood what was going on and I could um, somehow relate to you. I mean, yeah. that's always my number one goal because I, you know, I love to have new clients, but if it's not a fit. It, it just doesn't work. And I, I have to say, I think that's happened maybe three times in my whole career because I'm pretty good at because I like people and I like to be curious. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, would think the way I do therapy is unusual or whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it seems seems to work. And it's just really based in the in the relationship. And it's about being super curious together. I mean, I'm not doing the work. I'm just walking the journey with you, right. and I'm just noticing things that might be in the path that are in the way, that yeah. maybe we could pick up the rock and look under this, or we could look around this corner, or maybe I can anticipate something that's coming up.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, And I'm really trying to get in you. I'm really mm-hmm. trying to think, what is it like to be Jerry, you mm. know? what is it like to move through the world as Jerry? Because if I'm in you, I can start to understand how you see things. Yes. And therefore I can see maybe where there's some s- troubling spots.
0: Yeah. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and I, yeah. And so I could get in you and I could see, oh, this guy, this guy has been pretending for a long time. And this guy has used a lot of things to try and make himself and his life. Okay.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: And he's somebody who really wants to be who he is.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, just as you were even articulating that, maybe just even a little emotional in that moment mm-hmm. where you were talking about this guy's been pretending, you know, for so long, and it's still definitely something I continue to struggle with. Um, and yet, there's more of my authentic self than ever before, but yet mm-hmm. still 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 some of that separation I, I could even feel it as you were talking you know just a separation from me who i pr- project versus the authentic me and i think a lot of that work is closing that gap what do you think like closing the gap between who i think i have to be or how i feel about myself versus who i am and when you said that i, I felt that I, I became aware of that distance that gap Uh, became uh, alive again in me just a little bit. No shame or judgment about it. It's just awareness, which your curiosity approach, what it did for me is it provided a safe place, you know, Mm -hmm. felt safe. And then it allowed me to be curious about myself and investigating myself, which I hadn't done. Uh, I was more about bolting on who I should be than understanding who I am.
1: And I think it's just such an amazing experience the first time somebody suggest that maybe you could just get out of judgment and you could just get curious. Like what a novel concept. Like you mean, I don't have to have all this stuff around, you know, who I am or what I think I could just start to explore. That's a really, really, really freeing place to be.
0: It is. Yeah. It's one of the most freeing, I think things that, um, I learned from you in, in therapy. I mean, I learned a lot, but one of the things that felt liberating, right? There's these moments where you feel liberated. You feel like you have permission um, to do something. And thus the title of the podcast, right? Permission to love. How do I find the permission to love myself um, and come back to myself? And so that permission to be curious um, was very freeing for me, very liberating. It's-
1: Yeah, it's a huge word. Offering somebody curiosity instead of fear is just it. I mean, I I know because I play with that in my own life about like, what if you just got curious about it instead of all, you know, wound up in a knot. And instantly it's just like, oh, my God, I could breathe, you know. Yeah. My son and I have been talking a lot about um, the word Allow.
0: Okay, tell me about that.
1: And how generous that word is.
0: Mm. So
1: he reminded me recently that, you know, he said, Mom, who are the happy people that you know? Are they the ones that are allowing or are they the ones that are resisting? Mm. And I just thought that was so powerful. So wow. we talk about the word allowing a lot, which I think is is a distant relative of, of curiosity. It just yeah. provides some space.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. So would that... Like, there's so much that we don't allow for ourselves, right, even in our healing process. I don't allow myself to have a bad day. I don't allow myself to, you know, feel that anxiety. Instead, I try to resist it and push it down. And so I meet anxiety with more anxiety, become anxious about the anxiety, you know, and I feel shame for the shame or judgment because of the judgment. And so instead, what would you encourage when, in that concept of allowing when people find themselves in that loop?
1: I just encourage them to to get out of the commentary about it and just sit with it, which is another thing that's really, really difficult because I mean sitting in discomfort is not something that people are generally know how to do right or want to do and 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 honestly, you know it's not fun, but it does uh, it does if we can do that and we can just allow ourselves to be curious, then we can we can provide ourselves an opportunity to experience something in a different way
0: yeah to just be able to sit with yourself to be curious because we hear a lot from you know therapy and you know mental health industry you need to sit with your feelings right and so that almost has been said enough to where maybe it gets dismissed right like i don't want to sit with my feelings i want to distract myself what's the value in that in sitting with it and coming getting over the barrier of not wanting to do that
1: Well, I'll back up a little bit from that question and actually say there is some definite benefit in understanding the resistance. Mm. Like, why is that so? Why is that so terrifying? Right. Why is that so scary?
0: Mm.
1: Right. And a lot of people that haven't sat in their feelings are like, well, if I sit in my feelings, I'm never going to get my ass off this couch. I'm just going to sit in depression, Mm. anxiety forever. Wow. Right. Because I've got a I've got a whole lifetime of avoiding and if i allow myself to open that door i'm just going to be flooded but the benefit of it is because emotions are supposed to be experienced mm. i mean that is the way we are designed they are supposed to be felt right they are supposed to go full circle they're supposed to complete a circle if you if somebody your you know hamster dies you're sad you cry you grieve You mourn, you move through the whole thing, but we stunt ourselves. You know, we we start to feel it and we cut it off. And so therefore, then we just have all this stuff that's all these emotions that have never been completed and cycled through. You know, I probably said it to you before, but it's like being emotionally constipated. I mean, if you ate and you never pooped, you'd be a
0: wreck. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, absolutely and the, and the wreck that I was right and the wreck that yeah. I'm trying to not continue to be
1: and then people think anxiety is you know this horrible thing or depression and in fact anxiety is just a way of letting you know that you're not paying attention to yourself just the way a stomach ache would let you know you're not paying attention to yourself there's something that you need right and so i think curiosity allows us to just um examine that? Like, what is this trying to tell me as Mm. opposed to, no, 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 I don't want to have that. I can't have that. It's just a way that your psyche is signaling that you need something. Mm.
0: And so then when we resist that, so we got a signal that's coming. And when we resist it, we try to stop that. Fundamentally, are we resisting ourselves at that point?
1: Totally resisting yourself. Yeah. 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 Absolutely resisting yourself. And the beauty of the way that we're wired is that you won't get away from that very long yeah. because you'll resist, resist, resist. And then you'll wind up either with panic attacks mm. or depression. So intense, right. That it'll, you know, paralyze you, paralyze you, not literally, but you know what I mean? It'll, it'll yeah, yeah keep you so stuck. Yeah. And so the psyche keeps giving us reminders of wanting us to move back towards ourself to complete emotional cycles. That in trauma can't get completed. Wow. So it's all so intertwined.
0: Wow, I am so thankful once again for Lisa taking her time to be a part of these episodes. We'll continue this conversation again next week. Now, if you are interested in working with Lisa, she does one-on-one therapy as well as one-on-one private coaching. You can find out more information about how to work with her by seeing the show notes in this episode. And speaking of coaching, I am so excited to be launching a group coaching program in the month of February. You know, traditionally, I only do one-on-one private coaching with individuals, but due to the increasing demand of people wanting to learn how to love themselves, I decided to launch a group program. You can find out more information and get on the waitlist by going to jerryhenderson.org forward slash coaching. And for the listeners of this podcast and for those who follow me on Instagram, if you sign up for the waitlist this month and make your first payment, you get 50% off of your first month. So don't wait, get signed up because the spots are going to be limited. And finally, I'm super excited to be releasing a book in the month of March. The book is a collection of thoughts and poetry on self-love and healing. So if you haven't done so yet, sign up for my newsletter because that'll notify you the day that the book gets released. Well, I am so, so grateful that you took your time to be a part of this episode today. And remember, as always, that you are worthy of your own love.